Do you ever feel discouraged or overwhelmed at the sight of your seemingly never-ending to-do list? I've been there, sis. But I want you to know that going to bed with a sense of contentment and accomplishment is completely possible if you're willing to change your mindset. It's time for you to stop looking at your life as an ongoing to-do list and start determining your priorities. This will allow you to get more done in less time, and instead of walking around your house on the edge of burnout, you'll walk around with the clarity, peace, and confidence that everything on your plate actually has a purpose. I've created what I'm calling my priorities playbook to help you take the guesswork out of determining your priorities so you can live out each day with passion, purpose, and clarity. You've heard people talk about balance time and time and again, but can I tell you something? Balance is a myth. When it comes to doing more and less time, setting your priorities is key, which is why I've created the Priorities Playbook, which you can download today for free. Head over to blackgirlsofpurpose.org forward slash playbook right now to download this free guide and get clear on your priorities so you can leave discouragement and overwhelm in your rearview mirror and start waking up excited and inspired every morning. ladies. Welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and chief connector at Black Girls of Purpose. And I am so excited to introduce you all to one of a, a woman who has become a friend over the past year. And offline, we were just talking about how this episode is almost like a year to the date that we met. And so it's really cool how God brings those things back around. But her name is Krista Clark, and she is the founder of Cubicles to Cocktails. So I'll read you her, int- her bio, and then we'll jump in. Inspired by a series of post-work happy hours with her friends and mentor, Krista Clark launched Cubicles to Cocktails in 2018. Happy hour was a space for her to share and gain advice on navigating corporate life as a Black woman. Conducting her research and speaking to the women of color in her network, she discovered that many women of color faced the same issues that she had previously commiserated over happy hours with friends, feelings of isolation from being the only at work, compounded by a lack of development opportunities, addressing their unique work needs. However, unlike herself, Krista noted many people didn't have access to a mentor or a strong network of success-minded career women that looked like them. Krista believes that every woman deserves a network and resources to enable her to excel in her career while flourishing in her life. She has made it her mission to help make this her re- make this every woman's reality. She's an alumna of Rice University, earning birth both her bachelor's of science in bioengineering and master of science in bioscience research and health policy. Hailing from Chicago land, which is where my boo is from, <laughs> Krista is a proud Houstonian known for her infectious laughter, which is serious, y'all. If you ever go to her events, you will know the laugh that we're talking about and her genuine desire to see women thrive. When she's not cheering on other women, you can find Krista learning about cocktail culture and volunteering with her husband on the Houston Museum of Natural Science Catalyst Young Professional Steering Committee. So I am so excited to introduce you to Krista. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brie, for having me. It's so good to chat with you, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've been trying to get together for a minute, and uh, you know, I think everybody is just learning that whole scheduling, rescheduling, um, 
just kind of flow of things, right? And then also, me and you have talked a lot about being conscious of what's on our plate. So not always saying yes, just because it's an opportunity, but really saying, do I have the bandwidth for this? And then if Mm -hmm. I do, you know, what, how can I make this work within the timing that I've set for it? So I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about themselves. People who have been listening know that that's always my first question, a little bit about yourself that we would not read on your bio. Right. Oh my God. Okay. Well, not on my bio, but it's on my Instagram bio right now. I'm a blurred. I am a black nerd. I love science, especially anything health science and public health related. Um, my first side hustle was actually bartending. Um, when I was living in D.C., I went ahead and got my bartender's license. I didn't have many friends out in D.C. being new there. I had one, like two friends out there. Um, and, you know, we lived on different sides of the city. So I had plenty of time to just explore some hobbies of mine. And that's how I fell in love with cocktail culture. Um, and like you mentioned, I'm from Chicagoland. I grew up in South Holland, Illinois. I went to Marion Catholic High School did color guard. So um, I am very, I'm an introvert, but color guard helped for me to like, be able to perform and to have confidence in front of large crowds. Like we performed in front of thousands of people at nationals. So um, that's a little, I'm like a few fun facts about me. (laughs) Yeah, those are definitely fun facts and not something that I would guess or would say, okay, yeah, I bet you did color guard in high school, (laughs) you know, so that's pretty cool. (laughs) And I love that you even talked about how um, that positioned you even now to be able to be in like public spaces because I think a lot of times it's easy to kind of write off the things that you did in high school or junior high as irrelevant and I know for me when I look back at my past I'm like oh wait no this has always been there I just didn't see it Mm -hmm. yet so talk a little bit to our listeners about the process of starting cubicles to cocktails I know it's shared pretty in depth in your bio but I would love to one hear about how you what you just what made you say no we need to create a firm space for this and not just do a pop of event and then two to take us back to your first soiree which also tell us about the inspiration behind soiree because I love that you don't call your stuff events you say yes our next soiree will be I'm like I'm allowed to soiree I'm fancy okay (laughs) yeah so um you know, cubicles to cocktails, um, the inspiration came from the happy hours that I would go to at the work. And the reason why not only like for my enjoyment of craft cocktail and like, you know, the bar industry culture, but um, the reason why I felt like those conversations were so powerful for me and needed for me was because I found myself in a toxic work environment. And that's something that I know um, a lot of Black women, women of color, um, and even just women in general sometimes, we often encounter toxic work environments or toxic work relationships. And so that was my outlet was to like go to happy hour and just have fun with friends or talk to my mentor and really find like the advice that I couldn't find online as to how to navigate those tricky situations at work because you know, like as a black woman, if you go into a salary negotiation or if you stand up for yourself, you tread that fine line of being like labeled the angry black woman and dismissed. So like the way that you have to like figure out how to position yourself and how to like gain the allies in your workplace, it may look different. It it does look different. It's not even going to may look different. It will look different. Um, and so that's like why, um, you know, um, 
I started the the organization, the platform, and by hosting the first soiree um, that I had. And sorry, I had a speech impediment growing up in here trying to come out right now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but the reason why I don't call them soirees is because it is like, it's a cultural experience, right? So Cubicles to Cocktails, the mission is all about advancing and celebrating the careers and cultures of Black and Brown women. And at a soiree, it's intimate. It's a cultural experience. It's a celebration. Um, and I wanted to bring that that same happy hour vibe, that same type of intimate house gathering, dinner party type vibe to the experiences that I create for Black and Brown women. The first soiree, um, I actually, it was all about aligning your careers to your purpose, uh, which is pretty fitting for this podcast, right? <laughs> um, and so that, that first one, I just gathered people in my network and I put it up on Eventbrite. So I invited three ladies to join me for my network to sit on a panel who I thought aligned their careers very well to their purpose and to their life's mission. And I placed it up on Eventbrite, told a few girls in, the, in my network and more than 30 people showed up. And it wasn't just all my girlfriends, it was strangers. So that's when I knew that what I was doing was very needed. And so I haven't stopped since. I always love hearing those origin stories, primarily because um, in a social media culture, I think it's really easy for people to see where you are now and just be like, oh, sis, you know, woke up like this. And what I also love about those origin stories is that I, out of all the women that I've talked to on this podcast, people I've just talked to in my network, people I've talked, family, friends, the things that they start are usually organic. It's like, I wasn't trying to launch this business. I wasn't trying to start this organization. I just saw that there were a need. I did what now, as you build your business, you're like, oh, that was market research, you know, posting it on Eventbrite, seeing who would show up. That's seeing if I have a viable product. But then when people came, it's like, yes, there is something to this. And so what made you decide to, again, not just say, oh, that was a really cool event, great experience, you know, kind of put it in my back pocket, but say, you know, I want to host more of these. And then I want to look at how I can continue to expand topics. Cause that's one of the things that I love about your soirees is that it's always something different. You're not, it's not just a, it's, it's a different theme. It's a, it's a different environment. I think I, I saw you all had an event. It looked like a, like a beauty parlor or something. And so I just love that one, you're getting into different spaces, but then two, you're having different conversations. So tell us a little bit about how you come up with the themes for your soirees. And then again, how you, what made you decide, this is not just going to be a one-time event. This is something I want to do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Right. So in year one of um, launching Cubicles to Cocktails, I simply, I did not really look at it as a business. I was blogging around that time. This was just a larger, more elaborate meetup for my blog, right? Um, and so I set the goal to host a soiree uh, once a quarter. And I did that. And like, for, for me, my start, my planning process always starts with an intention. And in year one, it was really surrounded about things that my girlfriends and I, once again, would have conversations on. So um, we talked about, you know, um, building fulfilling careers. To me, having a fulfilling career is aligning to some aspect of your purpose. So that was soiree number one. 
Soiree number two. Oh man, it's been so long. Soiree number two, I worked with my mentor because she was an inspiration to me, right? And so my mentor came and she talked about authentic leadership. I was reading some research and um, learned that a lot of Black women, the majority of us, we not only do we know that we code switch, that's a given, but we feel like we can't even authentically show up. So outside of like switching up your hairstyle or your language or your dress, you just feel like you can't even be yourself in the workplace beyond those like surface level things. And so we learned about authentic leadership and did a workshop that she hosted. So that was fabulous. Um, the money talks, you know, like that's like the thing that I love to do every year we always talk about money um, in my sister circles and over happy hour. And um, I am a strong believer in women, women building wealth. And so that was the inspiration for the third event. And the last event of that year was just a celebration because I just wanted to have fun. I love to host and gather people. And I knew that, you know, um, in 2018, that this was just the year that we needed to celebrate. Um, I hit, some wonderful goals my girlfriends hit some wonderful goals women in the community they hit some wonderful goals and so i just wanted to gather us to just celebrate with one another because that's something that i think we don't do often as women we don't brag on ourselves often and so we kicked off that entire evening with a big brag session and lots of champagne toast <laughs> mm -hmm. i love that and you know, I'm like, shoot, I want to do something like a celebrate because you're so right. I think especially in, and as black women, a lot of us are, are, are accomplishment driven, which is not a bad thing to, you know, push for more. But when you never take a moment to step back and say like, sis, you just published three books, you had a baby, you know, you, you got your master's, whatever your win is, if you never take the moment to sit back and just think about it, then one, it kind of creates this hamster wheel effect where you don't feel like you're making progress. You feel like you're running and running and running and then you get burned out. But then two, um, I think it, it makes you feel like people are always doing better than you. Um, but when you create a space like you did, you know, I think that probably there were women who came to that event who thought, oh, I don't have anything to celebrate. And then some, a woman said something, they're like, oh, wait, no, I did do that thing at work. Okay, yes. yeah, I'm gonna talk about that. So I think that's really amazing. That absolutely, absolutely happened um, at the event. And you could just feel the energy shift in the room. So mm -hmm. that was, I love doing that type of exercise with the women of the community. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about advocacy. And I know you're, your email for this week, which y'all, if you guys have to subscribe to Krista's email newsletter every week is, I mean, it's just, there's so many links in there and so many things. It's like one of my favorite things that I read every week. It's oh, like you. my own personal like news feed that's actually positive and not, not making me sad or, you know, want to go eat some ice cream or something. So, <laughs> um, but I know that this week's newsletter was talking about letting our voices be heard. And yes. I know that you have a big passion for just advocacy. I know that you did a, a series of Instagram lives about, um, just bridging that gap, the wealth gap and the, and the salary gap. And so talk a little bit about, how you are doing that in your own career and you know some of those awkward moments you've had with okay I'm gonna ask for this salary but I'm not really sure but like 
I don't I don't want to not ask for it. <laughs> so right, share, right. share that with our listeners. Mm-hmm. So I think advocacy is one of the biggest skills that we need to learn in order to successfully navigate our lives, our careers, and our businesses if we have one. Um, and so we do focus on that very heavily. A lot of the content that I um, that I draw upon now, the inspiration is just given, like I gather feedback directly from the community. So I send out surveys all the time. Um, and I think, you know, participating and providing feedback, that is a form of advocating for yourself because then I could take that information and provide you for what you need, right? And so, <laughs> so um, but I think like, you know, with Cubicles to Cocktails, I wasn't always, so like this last newsletter was all about, you know, voting, um, our voting and self preservation and um, community care and what does that look like for us and how can that how that could feel sometimes overwhelming but how we need to rest because that is our right our right as black women as women of color is to rest um, and just truly believing that and so using that rest and um, to restore and to heal ourselves, but also continuing to raise our voice to advocate for what it is that we need in this world, what we need for our families and our communities. So um, I know with the platform, I used to be kind of afraid, um, afraid to like take a more political stance on issues that I strongly believe in. Um, Not just because I am Christian and some of the things that I advocate for, um, I know, other Christians would be like, well, that's not in the Bible. And I'm just like, you know, but God also does give us free will. And though I may not will that for my life, I don't want to will harm on somebody else's life, you know? Um, And so, and then even like in the political landscape, not wanting to offend people who may disagree, like, you know, even right now with um, Kamala being um, the VP not all black women are happy about that because of her previous experience being a district attorney. And so I just realized that, you know, honestly, like I need to take a stance. I need to advocate for what I believe is right and what I believe the women in my community, what they believe is right. And I need to provide actionable, just digestible next steps and resources for them because it does feel overwhelming when you're, especially now, you know, during the pandemic, like you're at home probably by yourself, connecting virtually isn't like the most fun. Um, And there's just so much going on with Black Lives Matter, with women's right, with um, Ruth um, Bader Ginsburg's passing and just, you know, there's just so much that we need to heal from, that we need to come together and care for one one another with, and that we need to continue to raise our voice, even if it does feel tired, we need to still speak up. (laughs) No, I, I think you're, you hit on a lot of things, but I think for me, what stands out the most is that I think as people and as women who are providing community and 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 that have these platforms there comes a time where you know the line is drawn in the sand and you have to decide am I going to play safe or am I really going to be of service because if I'm committed to being of service then not saying something about this Mm -hmm. doesn't really position me to be of service you know with um when when the verdict for Breonna Taylor's death came through this week um or the 
lack of prosecution, I would say, um, mm-hmm. of the officers Definitely. came through this week. It was kind of like, like you said, you and especially with Black Girls of Purpose, because we are very publicly a faith-based business, right? So it's like, okay, well, how much do you say? You know, do you do you throw a scripture on there? Do you actually like address how people are feeling? And um, again, I think not saying things depending on the the, the occasion, because sometimes guys like, nah, girl, because whatever you're going to say is not going to be helpful for this conversation. But usually for me, I know I have to say something because not saying something feels heavy. And so mm-hmm. I don't want people to feel like, hey, I don't know what's going on in the world. And I think that a lot of people, that is kind of a criticism of the church for sure, but then of the Christian faith is that, oh, you guys just say like, shut up and pray about everything, but you're not actually getting out here. You're not advocating. And so I think that's something even for anyone who's listening to this, like if you, if it's pressed upon your heart in this season to start a podcast and talk about topics or to start blogging or to send a newsletter, even if you just send stuff to your friends. I know my mother-in-law sends a, a text every single day, you know, just kind of encouraging us. And so even if you start with that, I think that one, it can be freeing for you because a lot of the things that you may just be circulating in your head, now you have an outlet to share them. But then two, you can spark all kinds of conversations with other people. And it goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning with how you talked about how your soirees even got started. You would be surprised what your obedience will produce when you just host the event or, or launch the website or whatever the case may be. It a hundred percent leads to the next thing, even if it's not in the direction you thought. Um, I was reading, I was doing, uh, talking about that to God in my quiet time this morning, just how, you know, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that talks about just getting started. Like if you wait for the rain to come, like you'll never, you're never going to sow the seed, like you just sow the seed. And so, um, that's really just something that's sticking out to me as you're talking. Yeah. And I think that's what I really like about my uh, weekly newsletter, um, is that it is, I feel like it's very spirit led. I don't batch them. I know best practice would, and that, like, you, just like the best practice of having businesses not be political. I toss that out the window, right? Like it is what it is. I'm a champion for black and brown women point blank period. So our issues political lies or not, I'm speaking on that now. And the email response that I get back when there's like a subject that I'm like, you know, emotionally like I want to speak on this and I feel like the spirit is leading me to speak on it but I don't want to like trigger you know like that's like a big thing that I'm that I'm hesitant of sometimes speaking on these heavier issues is that I know there's just so much trauma that could be triggered by what I choose or choose not to say but every time there's a heavier subject that I am talking on in the newsletter there's a sense of relief and release that comes back into my inbox from the women who are reading it um, just with positive responses of feeling heard um, and having the the resources and the know-how to move forward and to uh, forge conversations in their communities and in their sister circles and so I think it's definitely a spirit-led thing um, addressing everything from a place of intention I overuse that word when I think about anything that I'm creating um, from the events to the newsletter, just being really intentional about the message that I want to share and being really transparent too. So speaking of 
being intentional is a really great transition because I was going to talk about your social media presence. I like you're again, it's, it's that same y'all. I promise y'all I'm not hyping Krista up just cause she's like my friend. Cause she was my, I, we were kind of business people first. And then I'm like, no, this girl is really dope. And I want her in my circle. Um, but your social media is very intentional, but it's also very engaging and it's very, you know, it's not just like a cute post, it's conversational. Um, there's actionable items a lot of times. Like I know you posted about finding a career coach. And so I want to know, one, where you get your inspiration, because I know that for a lot of business owners, that's their least favorite thing is social media. Um, and then two, you know, how you navigate re-engaging your audience because everyone if you are a business owner usually you're all the things in the beginning um, and everyone has to have that time away and I think especially this year a lot of people have been like hey I'm just gonna have to take that risk that people aren't following me as much or my engagement rate might go down because I need to take a step away to heal um, so I know that was a two-part question but I'll, so I'll say it again first was where you get your inspiration for your content and then second when you do need to take away take some time away. Like how do you get re-engaged with your social yeah, media audience? Yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, I get my inspiration for my content from everywhere. <laughs> like I truly do. But I would say like the main things are um, my work experience, my life experiences. I read a lot. Once again, that's just the blurred in me. Um, and we, yeah. So yeah, I just read a lot. I'm trying not to like jump all over the place because I just went down another tangent of a conversation that we've had previously. Um, and so I find a lot of inspiration from reading, from watching um, videos, from looking at art, from listening to podcasts. And then, you know, third, I like, once again, just being intentional, what does the community need that I'm serving? So I'm consistently sending out surveys or, um, asking people to respond back to the newsletter and acting on those needs and seeing what themes are in those needs of the community that I am serving. Um, as far as social media, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, like people, they compliment me on my social media all the time, but I don't post daily. Um, sometimes I don't even post weekly, but whenever I post, I do try to make sure that once again it's quality content that it is conversational that it is providing some type of um, mindset shift or some type of actionable um insight for the um from the cubicles to cocktails community and i will say like you know uh, my biggest tip on how to balance the two is to you know if you if you step away and if you're always um if you're if you step away but you're producing quality content whenever you come out i feel like instagram is not punishing me right now for doing that so i think that's like a good way to look at it um it's just not to post to post but to like really always try to serve uh, whether or not it's just like an engaging type of fun post or um you know like the career coaches i know a lot of women they hear about career coaches you see them all over twitter but how many of us are actually hiring them and how could we, and those, those career coaches really help you build a fulfilling career and find the career path that you're confident in. So, you know, that's something that I post. And when I disappear and I come back, I feel like my engagement doesn't really suffer. Um, but that's like one way that I balance. And the second way that I balance it, which is more recent is that I 
I actually, I stopped doing it myself. Um, as far as my branding, I actually invested in a, um, in a lady to design my brand. And that's been really helpful. Um, because, you know, Instagram is a statically pleasing platform. And that was always one of my bigger struggles before I decided to invest in my business that way. It's cool because it's like you can see my questions because that was that was another question I was going to ask is what has been one of the biggest investments that you've been able to make in your business? Because I think you get to a place where I don't think I know from experience you get to a place where it's like, okay, sometimes it's your business is booming and there's so much money coming in that you're like, I don't know if I want to part with any of this. But then two, I think the other side of that is even if you don't have a ton of money, you just feel like my business is not going to grow. Like I, we, we're, we're going to hit our cap if it's going to continue to rely on me. So how did you decide it's time to hire someone or invest in someone or you know even just contract out because hiring doesn't always mean this person's yeah. on my my payroll um but I need someone else to help me how did you come across that decision um so for me I guess like because you know this March is gonna not March this February is gonna be year three so my third um business anniversary and I just knew it was time for me to go to the next level honestly um, cubicles to cocktails, the soirees that I host and that I curate, they're expensive. <laughs> they are expensive. And so like, you know, to go back to a previous question, um, when you said like, when did I, when did I make the pivot to treating it like a business when I realized how expensive hosting events were? <laughs> and so like to take my business to the next level, I knew that I was going to need to have a brand that was very nimble um, and cohesive so that whenever somebody goes to my social media and goes to my website or goes to my newsletter, they know it's me. You know, um, as far as, you know, I, we both hired the same sponsorship coach for our events. And, um, you know, the one of the biggest revenue streams is um, for this, for my type of platform is uh, business to business revenue streams of marketing and sponsorships and partnerships. And so I think, you know, business, my business industry aside, for any lady who's looking to take their business to the next level and to make a smart investment, I would say stop doing it yourself on your branding because you need to have a very strong professional branding, um, brand presence that sets you apart so that people, if you take your logo off of something, they could still say, oh, I know that's cubicles to cocktails. Um, two would be to always invest as close as possible to your revenue stream. So for me, um, investing in the sponsorship coach makes sense because that investment would be a should be a return of investment if I put the work in. Um, my first hires um, for my business will be, um, well, has been my business development team because those ladies who are um, assisting me with the B2B pipeline, so the business to business sales pipeline, they pay for themselves. If you secure a business client for a marketing or a partnership um, 
sponsorship or partnership, that's going to pay for their, their uh, wage, their contract fee, their hourly fee, however you're compensating them. Um, for media companies, the, the, biggest, the biggest threat to the sustainability of your business is really um, how fast can you grant, gain market awareness, brand awareness, and capture a part of the market. So the other person that I'm interested in bringing onto the team um, is a person who uh, marketing and social media coordinator. And that person will help for me to become more consistent with the social media. <laughs> so that's just kind of like, you know, those, I, I think very strategically as far as where I'm placing my money and my time investments. So perfectly said and so well packaged. I mean, that was just, it was just great because I know that I have listened to um, a lot of podcasts and different things. And I know that um, Dave Ramsey, he has the entre leadership portion of the Ramsey network, which, you know, that's like a, his business is $250 million business now. Um, and I know he's not a woman of color, but listen, Dave Ramsey got tips. So whatever, take his tips, take what you need and leave the rest on the floor as a uh, what is it? Michael would say. Um, but uh, I, the thing that I love that you said mirrored something that he said, which he was like, you, whenever you get to a place where you're hiring, you need to be hiring revenue generating mm -hmm. positions, you know, first, and then you can look at the other things. And I also like that you said it depends on your business model, right? Because if you are someone who is a uh, business to consumer, person, you might necessarily not necessarily need to go straight to getting a social media person, or you might not need to get a sponsorship coach because, you know, you're selling, you sell candles. And so you might need someone else who can make candles. That would probably be a, a better, better investment for you. Help you fulfill your orders. So Absolutely. that you don't have a two week window. Exactly. For that, deliveries. Right. And, and sometimes it's, it's not even a person. Sometimes it's a software where it's like, okay, yeah. I've been doing all of my labels. I need to get a software where I can just punch in the packaging, you know, the packing slips, all these things. It may seem like it's small, but they add up. They do. And, and one of the things, <laughs> I, listen, and, and very quickly where you're like, how did I just spend this amount of time on this? And I think for me, you kind of feel this internal, um, pressure and I guess my audience is kind of getting a sneak peek because we'll be God willing I, I, I'm, I'm putting this out there we are going to be hiring soon and one of the first things I want to hire is a podcast manager and part of their part of their responsibility will be um, landing sponsorship deals for the podcast because again like you said whether we do a hundred percent commission or you get a specific rate per month and then also on top of that you get your commission cool. I'm not wor worried about it. If you bringing in $15,000, okay. You want to take five, even if you took 5,000 of that, cool. We good. You know what I mean? Cause it, it one, I didn't have to, that wasn't time I had to spend. And then that frees my time up for other things. And then if you're doing your business budget, right, I mean, you can take a $10,000 deal and turn it into a million dollar business, depending on, on where you're investing. So I think that's really, really cool. So speaking of $10,000, I know that you've been able to raise $10,000 this year in the middle of a pandemic. So tell our listeners about that process. Oh my gosh, girl. Oh man. Where to start? So I would say, you know, 
it all I would say it starts with prayer. Um, and I will admit, and I know I talked to you, Bree um, and Michelle, one of our mutual friends, about like how I just want a stronger prayer life. I'm still working on that girlfriend, but um, I was definitely, you know, like just praying about my business. Um, I felt pretty burnt out at the end of last year. Um, coming into 2020, I knew this was going to be the year where I um, was going to finally be profitable, very profitable for my business but then the pandemic hit. But, um, you know, just in trusting God and just listening to um, the spirit guide me through the different seasons that I faced, um, I was participating in a business plan competition during this time where it was like, you know, God said to rest. So I took time off, literally did not touch anything, business plan competition, business strategy, anything business for a couple of weeks when the first, when the pandemic first hit, then God said, you know, it's time for you to reflect. So I'm working on my business plan. I put together this amazing draft that I refined from, um, from a previous program that I was in. And in my reflection, I realized that I was not building the right business for, for me. Um, I was building a business that was very events driven and this has nothing to do with the market, but this has everything to do with how um, I feel like God wants to use and like honor the type of personality I am. And so anytime I would think about success, which I know I, I will be able to achieve that layer of success. I just always felt so overwhelmed and it just never like, even like just envision the success and knowing it's possible. I just like, felt like, do I really want that? Right. And so doing that reflection and learning more about myself and, um, so, and praying and just continue to trust God to guide my steps and to show me the signs, like literally God, I need to know, <laughs> talk to me, speak to me so I can know that I, what I'm doing. Cause I never really felt like God has ordained my business yet. Um, until this season, and so with the reflection, I finally got the answers that I knew that God was sharing with me as far as the type of business model to create for my business. And now it's more digital. It's more conversational. It's more about me sharing resources through that weekly newsletter. Um, and I can still host the events, but it's really more of being that, that voice piece for the community and that advocate for the community and that resource for the community. Um, so once I did that, God was like, okay, now it's time to act. So I tell you like the way that my business plan in this competition, more than, I want to say more than 200 people applied, um, more than 45 of us were competing. So accepted applicants. I placed top five and secured $1,000 in funding from that. From there, I learned that GoFundMe was actually doing small business relief grants. And I was honestly pretty embarrassed to go put up a GoFundMe campaign because I didn't want people to look at me like I was begging. But, you know, um, God told me, do it. My family, my sister, my mom, husband told me, go for it. I put up only $1,000 <laughs> for my goal. And I hit that right away. So I switched my goal to $3,500, no, to $3,000. And I hit that goal. I um, ended up securing um, $3,200 from that campaign. Um, 
with GoFundMe providing $500 of that towards that campaign through their relief grant. Um, my godmom knew the process that I was going through. She knew that I did the GoFundMe. And so she started sending me resources. Um, and I was able to secure uh, $5,100 through the, Care, um, the CARES Act. So the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. Um, where 1,000 of that dollars is a grant and then 4,500 of it is a very, very low interest rate loan. Like it's $20 a month and it, the payments don't even start until next year. And so, you know, in my business plan, and it's just so surreal and I'm going to wrap this up, I promise. But it's like, you know, it's just like a lot to process. I remember I called you, Bree, and I was like, and I was talking to Michelle, I talked to both of y'all and I was just like weeping because I'm like, God is like literally like aligning my steps. Like he has really spoken so clear to me um, through this whole season. And so um, in my business plan, when I was doing that reflection and when he was like, okay, now it's time to act. Part of my business plan, I was going to self-fund my business $10,000. And now it's like I can make, I'm at the position where I can make the decision to still go ahead and self-fund my business $10,000. And that gives me almost $20,000 of working capital to make it through the rest of this season of pandemic and to hire people um, to uh, make my marketing robust, to have working capital so that I can host virtual events. Um, or I could just decide to, you know, to invest that 10000 elsewhere because I, they say that you need 10000 really to start a business and to make it grow. And I have the working capital to do that. And so long story short, it was God. <laughs> it was God um, speaking to me and me just challenging him through this season and just being like, look, I want... I want to know with certainty, God, that you are aligning my steps in my business. I want to feel that level of confidence that Brianna and that Michelle carries forward in their businesses for what I have. And if, it's, and if this is not what I should be spending my time on, because Lord, I know this, has, this is so much energy. This is an uh, investment of time, money, energy that I could be spending fulfilling my mission elsewhere. Let me know. And please let me know loud and clear. And I just feel like, you know, through that whole process, this whole season, he's been speaking and reassuring through the, um, the people who he placed in my life. So I have um, phenomenal business advisors now through the networks I've been connected um, to through the programs that I've participated in this year and that I'm about to participate in. Plus, just like the money, something very tangible, something that most businesses need. So, mm hmm. It's a lot, girl. <laughs> no, I know. I'm literally over here, like, tearing up. And, you know, I just had to take a second because I was just like, and, that, and uh, just a behind the scenes listeners, I put myself, I've started putting myself on mute when my guests are speaking because I am a good, y'all know, if y'all have been listening for a while, I'm a huge amen corner person. So I'll be like, mm, mm. But sometimes I go back and listen to episodes. I'm like, y'all can't even hear what the person said because I'm in the background you know, preaching <laughs> or testifying or whatever. But um, as you're talking, again, tears come into my eyes for a multiple for multiple reasons. One of the things I love that you said is that I felt like God hadn't ordained my business yet. Like, I just want to stop at that for a second because 
it is so important. And I, and I mean, I know that um, Tatum, Tamia from the, she did a boss is my God is my CEO tour. And she had a book about it. And, and she's the host of the blessed and boss up podcast, but it's not just a cute saying like God really does have to be the CEO of your business. And a lot of y'all don't know, but that's why I started introducing myself as the founder and chief connector. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not the chief executive officer. I connect people. God connects me to people, but I can't, I can't say that I'm the one executing all of these things because so many things that I do get ideas from for come through prayer. I was in my prayer closet this morning and God gave me, and I'll just be like, dang, you just be dropping, you just be dropping stuff. I always keep uh, a, a notebook handy whenever I have my quiet time because I'm like I came in here to study the Bible and pray but I know he gonna give me some wisdom while I'm in here about my business and everything else that's why he tells us not to be anxious so love that you said you want you you felt like God hadn't ordained your business I also love that you said if I'm going in the wrong direction like let me know now because I was just talking to someone I mean, I promise you, Krista, it might've just been yesterday. And I was talking to them about how for years, um, I was frustrated that Black Girls of Purpose wasn't blowing up, right? Like I, I, we, when we did the Essence Fest event, 2018, summer 2018, I was like, that's it. We on, we out here, like find us where you can because we out here and we, we weren't on. <laughs> like we went, in fact, God put me back into the, into the uh, quiet place. It was like, okay, so let's just talk about what happened because you started out like repping me and stuff. And then now you just really excited and you just want to put the Essence logo everywhere. <laughs> and you know, so but what he showed me and has shown me, like you said, this year, and I love even that process, the resting, the reflecting, and then the acting. I'm so grateful things didn't take off because I would have, and I mean, I promise you I was just having this conversation with somebody. I would have been building the wrong business and we would have had a huge following only to pivot and lose people because they're like, well, I thought you work with teens. That's what we started out as. We work with teenagers. But what I saw was one, when it comes to serving teens, it's never going to be able to be a business to consumer type of business because your teens don't have any money. And so, and if their moms don't have money for the programming that you're offering, guess what, boo, you don't, you don't have a revenue stream. So it was still on my heart to do the kind of programming I was doing, but that's why I launched my co-founded my nonprofit Unity Queens because I said I don't want these girls to ever have to pay for anything. And if I'm if that's a conviction that I have, I don't want them paying for anything or their parents. Then we need to find some other source of funding. So that's number one. But then two, even with knowing, okay, we we serve millennial women, then it's become clear and clear. Okay, we serve millennial women, millennial women of color, millennial women of color in business. Like that's that we've we've gotten so clear cut where you know I, I can I can say what we do and what we offer very clearly. I went through the uh, story brand workshop by Donald Miller and. Every time I would get on, I was, I was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to rebrand Black Girls of Purpose. And I would sit down to write out what we do. And I was like, I still don't really know. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know. And what, when, when it really became clear to me, I had one of the women in our Activate community just talk to me about what it's been like to be a part of that community, what she's gotten out of it. 
And I was like, we, and then I asked another friend who's been on the podcast. I asked Je- our friend, Jessica, I said, um, who we both know, um, I said, you know, why do you listen to the podcast? And she's like, it inspires me. It shows me that I can do something. You, and, and so for me to be able to say, wow, as far as the Black Girls of Purpose, the umbrella, we create inspiring content for women of faith and business because that is what it, I want you to listen to this and be inspired and be like, okay, I am going to start that business plan or I am going to get into that, that program. You know, Chris is talking about a, a business program. There's been this one that I've been thinking about applying to. I'm going to apply or I am going to apply for a new job, like whatever that is. And then on the activate side of it, I understood before I thought, okay, we helping you scale your business. We doing this. And God was like, no, the common theme that I've seen from the women who come through our activate community is that we are moving them from idea to action where if, whether it's a campaign or again, you're, you're, you're trying to make a pivot in your business or you have a specific money goal, whatever it is, we're going to get the idea out of your head and you're actually going to put some footsteps to it. And so I think it's so important for anyone who's listening to this to understand one, your business is probably going to go through a lot of evolutions and that's okay. And, and be patient in that process because you do not want to grow the wrong business. Um, I think, especially if you get to the place where you're, you're creating partnerships with businesses, if you all of a sudden pivot and you offer new things, they like, well, well, we talked to you because you like zoo you know, you like zoology and now you saying that you, you don't like animals at all, but that's why that was a part of our contract. It was that you were going to talk about animals. So for you to talk about, okay, well now I'm going to talk about, you know, and y'all know me, I always give goofy examples, but now I'm going to talk about trees. Well, no boo on our contract. We, you said you're going to do X amount of campaigns about giraffes and zoology. So now for you to pivot, it, just, it really hurts your brand and it hurts your business. And then greater than that, as a Christian, it hurts your testimony. Because if you're out here telling people, oh, I prayed to the Lord, this is the idea he gave me. And then you switch up the idea. They're like, well, I thought you said God gave you this idea. So which one is it? And then another thing I want you to dig a little bit deeper into, you said this business is not, it doesn't fit my personality. That is huge because sometimes we want to create something and we're like, you know, I'm burned out just thinking about that. So talk a a little bit more about that aha moment of, okay, yeah, events, cool, that's fine, but I don't want to be the event girl. Like, tell us how you, how you felt getting that revelation and then um, whatever else you feel led to share from that. Cause that really stuck out to me too, being- being authentic to yourself so as far as being the event girl I don't mind if people consider me that because I'm a project manager and I know how to plan an event baby okay (laughs) but as far as building a event-based business um you know honestly it was a comparison thing that started me off that started me off on the wrong track And I would not say like a comparison thing in like the negative sense. It was just like what I was exposed to as far as being a new business owner. When you look at Create and Cultivate, when you look at Summit 21, when you look at Girl Boss, you know, these businesses that um, that may have similar or adjacent missions, they all had very, very prominent large scale events. 
Um, and so I thought that was like what I was supposed to do. I thought that was the only way that I could make business, make money in my business and to fulfill the mission that I have for, uh, for Cubicles to Cocktails. And so that was the path that I was chasing in 2019. Um, I did the tour and um, the Money Talks tour, went to Austin, Dallas, and um, did it in Houston. And that let me to be really burnt out. Like I couldn't do anything once October ended. That was the last, the last event was in Dallas. And I was just, I was definitely on fumes. And so entering into March, um, during that, well, during the reflection period, which was really more so like the end of March, beginning of April through April, maybe, um, where I was really doing a lot of reflection. I actually took some um, personality assessments. <laughs> so I heard of like the strength finders assessment and, um, I've taken a lot of personality and work type style assessments. You may not believe me. Um, I am introverted, but I talk a lot and I know how to connect with people. I still like to connect with people, but I am an introvert. And so I wasn't really surprised by my strength, my top five strengths, but with me praying, and talking to God and challenging him, uh, you know, I know something's not right with this model. I know something's not right with how I'm pursuing to grow and scale my business. Speak to me. Please align my steps. Show me that my business is ordained. Um, when I looked at those top five um, skills that I have, and this may not be in order, but one was, um, uh, one was a, a, a input. So I love to read things and collect things. Um, it's really just all input is all about collecting because, and not like in a sense that you're hoarding, but collecting because it makes you happy or collecting so that you could share with others um, that experience. Growing up, I used to collect snow globes and figurines. I don't do that anymore, but I do um, collect reading, like books, articles online. Um, Another one was learner. I just really enjoy the process of learning. Um, like I mentioned, I'm a blurt, so that didn't really come at a surprise to me, but I enjoy the process of learning. Um, three was futurist. Um, and what that means, um, it's actually a term that's newer to me, but being a futurist is somebody who looks at seemingly unconnected ideas and events, and you're able to try to make predictions about what the future will look like or how these things can impact the future positively or negatively. Um, an example of that, if you look at, um, if you look at, I'm so tired of saying the pandemic, but it's just a good example, um, like the future of travel, right? Because in the future of events, how would that look? Because now people, you know, the flu has always been around, but COVID is a different type of beast. Um, but also what it has made people realize is that in America, at least, we're not very hygienic. <laughs> so how does this affect um, events? I don't think there will ever be a day now where we don't have hand sanitizing stations at events. It has also brought us back towards more intimate events. Um, 
it definitely sped up the evolution of online technologies. Like they say, as far as online technologies, we skipped ahead 50 to 100 years in, um, in how fast this technology have, has ballooned in just this short span of time. So when I think about how that applies to me, it's just looking at the future of what um, Black career women, what we will be in the future. Like, I could imagine a world where we are the Fortune 500 companies, uh, which would be phenomenal, which will be amazing. And so, like, how do we get there? Um, then, of course, you know, getting blown away by my ideas. I feel like I'm talking too much and I forget the fifth one. So I'm going to wrap up. But so I took this assessment and I realized that, you know, this whole time, my personality has, I've always known myself, but I haven't really taken the time to look at my strengths, my vision, my does, the future, and how those align and melt together and how they fit me and my purpose so that I could build a business that's around there. So instead of being events driven, which events are very um, needed, I am community driven. I'm a, um, I'm resource driven. And that newsletter, just me being able to do what I do on the everyday, reading, inputting, learning, and wanting to share that with others to help us all move towards that idea of what the future can look for us. That's like how my business is now. So doing my weekly newsletter, it makes sense. Um, doing virtual events and having like a virtual gathering space, it makes sense. Continue to do events to build that community makes sense. But what doesn't make sense, at least not right now, is trying to do, you know, four conferences that brings in 200 people in a year or even thousands of people in a, in one event, that doesn't make sense. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, so now when I look at the, the, um, the vision of success, it doesn't overwhelm me. I'm like, I could do this and I feel sure about it. Yeah. That just, it just, it's like a cup of tea, just a warm cup of tea. Cause I think that it goes back to praying, prayer, and you, we talk about do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving in your heart, make your request known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. Like literally, y'all, that is not just a thing that God says in Philippians, you know, that he has Paul write in Philippians. It's so true. Just this morning, I was anxious about something. I prayed about it. I opened my Bible and there was the scripture that answered. I was like, this is why you say to pray. Like it's literally a conversation. You pray and he answers. And yes, sometimes it's not that clear cut where you read, you pray and then you open your Bible and there's a scripture that speaks to what you, you know, it tells you what to do, but it can be that clear, but you don't even know if you're not praying. And so I think that's so um so wonderful and again i'm just grateful that you had that self-awareness so now i'm going to transition to our up close and purposeful segment so these are questions that we ask all of our guests on the black girls of purpose podcast and my first question is what does it mean to you to be a black girl with purpose mm, such a good question um to me being a black girl with purpose is being somebody who does everything with intention and like and walks in alignment with God and and, and is somebody who 
who tries to make sure like, you know, when you, when you are in alignment with God and when you are in alignment with your mission and your purpose that God puts you on this earth, that you're doing everything with intention in order to, to fulfill that calling that he has placed on your life. So I think that's like being a, um, a black girl with purpose, what that means to me. What are some of the scriptures that you go to whenever you need encouragement? Girl, you about to call me out because I, I did not be knowing my, um, the, where to go. I'm not, I haven't bookmarked in my phone. I don't have my phone by me, but um, the Philippians one, the do not be anxious. I'm an anxious person. I'm a worrier. I'm a planner. Um, and so that's one, do not be anxious about anything with all things, um, come to me in prayer with prayer and Thanksgiving supplication. Um, I love that one. I, um, meditate on that one often. Another one of mine, um, is the one about, um, the prayer of Jabez. I love that song. I love that scripture. Well, that, that chapter, um, I think it's beautiful, you know, um, God, like, you know, enlarge my territory, um, keep me from harm. It's just such a beautiful, like, beautiful type of prayer and request to be made known, you know, to God. Um, so that's another one. Um, preparing my table in front of my enemies. Girl, that one, be, <laughs> I, that one right there um, got me through when I was in the toxic workplace. Oh, I meditated on that all the time. It was just like, you know, God, like, I know I'm here right now. Just give me the strength. I know you see my, my tears. I know you could count them. I know you see my lashes. I know you can count them. But I also know that you're preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemy and you're going to protect me. And yes, this, this sucks. It really does suck, but you are preparing a path for me to walk down where at the end of the day, you're going to have the glory. So those are three of my go-tos. Um, very much, I think the prayer of Jabaz is the only one that's not very much about the struggle. Everything else, it's like, it's about the struggle, but that's the season, you know, like I'm, I'm about to turn 30. Um, this is a, like, it's a struggle to, to, to till and to cultivate, like, that's not fun. Um, and then, you know, like they talk about harvest season, like, baby, that is not fun even. <laughs> like harvesting is not fun, but I think, you know, they always say your twenties and your thirties, that's the time for you to plant your seeds and for you to start, um, reaping and for you to start harvesting those seeds. So, um, I just know, like, I think those are, like, the my favorite verses for, for this season of life. Maybe that may change once I'm, like, reaching 40. But for right now, those get me through. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I love the, I love the, the prayer of Jabez as well. And I just, I also love that he's, he said, like, keep me from harming other people. You know, I, I think as, as people who are business owners, um, that's something that all of us should keep in mind is like, Lord, don't let me launch nothing that's not going to be of service to someone, or don't let me say anything, you know, that's not going to be of service to someone, because people do take what you say um, very seriously. Mm-hmm. What is something that you are grateful for in this season of your life? Um, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I'm grateful for so much. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for stability. 
um I know like this season is just really it's really rough for people I'm grateful for health um I'm grateful for my family for my family's health I could just go on and on uh, about things that are seemingly simple but this season has definitely just made me so grateful for things that we often take for granted so absolutely I think the past few weeks everyone that I've asked that question to other everyone said either health or family or both um and you know I find myself even waking up in the morning and be like Lord thank you that I got out of bed and my legs worked because you just don't like even stuff like that like okay yeah I know you could see when you got when you went to bed but you could wake up and not be able to see out of one eye or like I mean right. and these are things I know have happened to people so I'm not just being in some kind of girl that's a crazy thing to think about I know people who have gone through those yeah. things and so um, it yeah. does it does kind of change your perspective um this is a question I don't normally ask during the up close and purposeful segment but I do want to ask because I know community is so important to you um tell us about some of the women in your sister circle your friends and how they have helped you to stay on the path to purpose because it's not I was talking to someone y'all y'all think being a business owner is glamorous and it is just not like it's it's great and when you put your foot forward and you have a vision and you see it come to life it is amazing but baby you put a lot of work in before you get to that oh my gosh, look at what's happened moment. So um, tell us about your sister circle and I love that you call it sister circle and then and how they help you stay aligned with your purpose. Yeah. So, um, whoo, man, there's so, I, not so many, I'm like, but they're so robust. Like they're big personalities. So I have a, um, a core group of friends um, from Rice University. We all met on campus um, and we still are tight knit to this day. And then like thinking about like Michelle, um, you and Ashley um, Cockrell, um, when I think about all of you collectively, one, like just keeping, keeping each other encouraged to, and covering each other in prayer. I would say like, that's like one of the biggest things is that we pray for one another and we're transparent with our struggles in our faith and our health and our, um, in our lives, in our finances. And we keep one another covered in prayer. And when one is too weak or just going through some type of period where they just feel distant or disconnected, you know, like the others are covering, I think that's like really important. Um, I think just on the intellectual level, just being able to share your ideas and have somebody hype you up. Um, but then when you're ready to get the holes punched through it, <laughs> having people who are capable of like, you know, giving you that, that um, direct critical feedback as to like what gaps are missing or how you could have done better. Um, that's really important. Um, and just fun, you know, so it's just, fun like getting together and toasting with champagne or talking about the latest movie or the we don't really do a lot of celebrity gossip but we do talk about celebrity gossip in the sense of cultural impact so um dissecting like that type of news and um it's just really fun you know so it's just it's so much I could go on and on um you said, tell me about the ladies and I'm like talking about the relationship, but the ladies, um, CPA, nurses, marketing communications, um, pharmacists, 
uh, creative writer. Like we're just such a, a, a fun, well-rounded bunch of amazing, phenomenal black women moving and shaking in this earth. I love having that diversity in a space as well, because um, I think when you do have women in different industries, then it is, you, sometimes that sparks creativity because you would come, you, you just come in bringing different perspectives and other people would bring. And I love that you said, when you've created that kind of relationship, you are willing to have people say like, nah, sis, that's, you know, you could, you could probably make that a little bit better. Or um, I know just this week, you looked over my one sheet before I, that I was going to send over to some people. And so being able to have extra eyes is always helpful. Um, I think that's one of the best things I've learned in business is not to take things personally and to realize when people are giving you feedback, it doesn't help them at all. Like it's only helping you. So just take what you need. Um, so my second to last question is, uh, what is next for Cubicles to Cocktails? I know you've touched on some of the things throughout this episode, but um, what can people expect from your community next? Right. Oh, my gosh. Ah, so much possibilities. Um, I would say, you know, what's next? There's always another newsletter coming out every Friday, which is always next. <laughs> I love the newsletter. Um, but as far as other things that are in the pipeline, I am working hard to figure out how can I keep us connected digitally. Um, that may look like a community group, like a, a you know as simple as a Facebook group, or it may look like just having um, a frequent kind of like you know pop up type of virtual watering hole style events. I don't know. I'm still toying with the idea, but uh, more connections online. Um, definitely uh, some workbooks and also just sharing my knowledge as a project manager. I know I've um, created a resource called um, Impact Over Productivity. I'm planning on building that out um, to be more robust because I do not believe in overworking. I used to um, tie my, my, um, my value to my level of success and I had to dismantle that. I used to tie my value to my level of productivity and I had to um, dismantle that. And so um, you could definitely expect resources of me um, providing mindset shifts when it comes to how we look at our relationship with productivity and success and, um, and how we really should look at it and what that really means so that we could lead with impact over just being productive just because. So um, that's another thing to expect. Once things open back up, of course, we're going to, you know, reconvene in person, <laughs> which yeah. I'm excited for. But I think that's another thing, too, though, that this pandemic has brought about is like not be impressed. You know what I mean? Because even people, a lot of people that had, a, myself included, events that were planned that had to just keep getting postponed. It's like, sis, I would rather just wait and, and see how things are opening up and then say, okay, now we're going to do something versus saying, okay, it's going to be March. It's going to be April. It's going to be May. All right. It's coming soon. So um, yeah, I love that intentionality. So how can our community best support the work that you're doing? And then uh, my last one, and I said, it's, it's technically not a question. So uh, my last thing, I always love to have our guests share like one last piece of knowledge or encouragement for our audience. Um, how can you best support me? Honestly, like, I'm gonna say this again, but sign up for the newsletter. And when I, when there's a newsletter that resonates with you or that you find something valuable, 
reply back to me and let me know and or forward that newsletter to your girlfriend and let them know about what excited you about that newsletter. Like that really just keeps me um, going to know that there's like a, you know, like that person to person connection between me and the women who are part of this community. Um, that's like, that gives me a lot of fuel to just get those responses back. Cause I know I'm doing something right and doing something meaningful. Um, as far as the one piece of advice, I'm going to say rest. <laughs> I'm going to say rest. I do not believe in working twice as hard to get half as far. I know that is something that we have um, often grown up hearing from elders in our community and we pass it down for generations. I think productivity, um, I think productivity um, and capitalism can be very toxic. And I think that is a generational curse that we need to break for our own households. So um, rest and prayer, rest by napping, rest by taking the day off and honoring the Sabbath. I know, Bree, that's something that we've talked about. So rest. Yes, y'all, it's so necessary. And again, going back to and I know we have women and, and you, you yourself are a career woman who also has another business. Um, but I just feel really led to talk to people who are building businesses. You would think that you would be like, oh, hustle, grind, do, do, do. But you will burn yourself out and you will not build anything if you do not take time to rest. I feel like my most, some of the biggest aha moments or creative flowing moments are moments where I just took a time to step back and sit down or write with a notebook or sit in silence, which, you know, y'all know I have two children. So the sitting in silence happens very rarely, but when it happens, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful moment. So I love that. Um, tell our listeners how they can connect with you in terms of your social media, your website, all of those things. So you could connect um, cubicles to, so cubicles to cocktails.com. All of our social handles are cubicles to cocktails on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And if you want to connect with me on a more personal level, you can follow me on Instagram at hey, H-E-Y, like hey, Krista Clark. <laughs> awesome. Well, y'all, I'll be sure to put all of those links in the show notes. And I'm also going to put a link to the Strengths Finder test because I know a lot of y'all are probably like, oh, I wonder what my top five strengths are. Um, and it really can help you whether you're building your business and want to know what kind of business model to build, or if you are looking to kind of pivot in your career and you want to know what jobs you should be looking for, that'll definitely be a great assessment. So thank you so much, Krista, for being on the podcast. I know women are going to be encouraged um, by listening to this. You gave a lot of actionable items, which just really shows like, that's what I love about cubicles to cocktails. It's such a direct reflection of you. And, um, when I went to your first event last year, when we met, I was like, yes, I just need to be around this more often. And so the same, the same nuggets and, and steps you offer in your newsletter is really what you've given to our audience today. So I really appreciate you for it. Thank you so much, Bri. I appreciate it too. All right, Purpose Peeps, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do one of three things for me. 
First, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag us at Black Girls of Purpose and we'll repost you. You can feel free to put a caption on there and just share what your favorite takeaway was from this week. Second, please share this episode with a friend who you think would be encouraged by the things that we were able to share in the episode. And then third, please leave us a review on iTunes so that we can reach more people with this podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to serve you through bringing you quality content each week. And I'm so looking forward to being able to talk to you again next week. Until then, God bless. And here is to more purposeful and faith-filled living.